0: Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions.
1: Tonight, we're going to be starting uh, just a new series on uh, staying on reboot, but uh, rebooting our finances. Amen. Um, When we talk about probably one of the, the biggest issues that we face uh, as not only believers, but just as people, is uh, the area of money. And I, I want you to recognize this. I'm going to kind of t- stand and talk for a little while, then I'll come at, come back and sit down. Um, and I shared this last week that more than any other subject, Jesus spoke about money more than he even talked about heaven and hell. And he realized because it was such an area of stronghold in our lives when you talk about money, if there's one area that people struggle with is money. It's a tough area to trust God for. Uh, we, we, could all, we could trust God with our lives. We could trust that we're going to get saved. We're going we to trust that he forgave us of our sin. Trust that he went away and prepared a place for us. Trust that he's going to give me a mansion in heaven. Trust that there's streets of gold there. Trust God for when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. But we cannot trust God with this. Everything gets saved in our lives except our wallet. We trust God with everything, even our lives, our health, but we don't trust Him with our wallet. Because when it talks, when we come to the area of money, look what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24.
2: No one else can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money.
1: Come on, read that last part again.
2: You cannot serve both God and money.
1: So I want you to see that when Jesus shares this, Jesus doesn't say that the battle for our for our hearts' affection is between Satan and God, but that the battle for our affection is between God and money. God understands that you're 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 not gonna you have a choice between Satan and God. You're gonna choose God. God knows where you're, that, that, you, that you're wise enough, that you love him enough to choose God. But the problem is this, is that when it comes to between God and money, money usually wins. Say it again, Pastor, and, and especially when you're broke. <laughs> and What's a trip is that you, you, when you're broke, you can trust God with your money. Because to give God a dollar out of 10 bucks is, uh, I I can trust that, but let God start blessing you. I can't pay that much. You want me to give how much now? But Jesus or God developed the 10% number because it's not equal giving, it's equal sacrifice. And that when we give, we're recognizing that everything comes from God. It's an acknowledgment that, God, you're the one that supplied my, my 100%, so I'm going to give you 10% in recognition. Now, in the old days, their, 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 their monetary system, their business was agriculture, or, or, or livestock. And so in order to, to give back to God, they would give the first fruits. They would kill off the first animal. And they would dedicate those things to God. Today, we don't raise livestock as much. We don't we, we operate more. We go out and we work. And our fruit, we don't get it from the trees. We get it in a paycheck. And so our fruit, I want you to recognize when we talk about money, money has to do more with devotion than it has to do with dollars. Uh, it's all money's a great uh snapshot of where your heart is. And so tonight, I want you to see what Andy Stanley says in in this area and uh the book that we're using for this is uh the book called the uh, where's the where's the book at again? I, I know you know. What, um what what's the book for Financial Peace University? What was it? The complete guide. Now, now next week, you, you got to be here next week because we got a special guest speaker next week that's going to help us and share this, that knows uh, this stuff in and out. But I want you to see what Andy Stanley says. He says this, that in America, we have two major crises in America, obesity and debt. And neither one of those are issues of lack. They are issues of self-control. It's not not that we don't have enough money or that we don't have enough food. It's just that we don't have the ability to control ourselves. In America, we operate in overindulgence. And we've developed a generation of people of entitlement that we want things we haven't earned yet. And so I I want to live in the kind of house my parents spent 40 years working to get. I want it now. I want the car my parents drove when they were retired. I want to get it when I just got my job. We, we want things now. We want the best of everything in this moment. We don't want to work for it. We don't want to sow seeds for it. And so what we've learned to do is operate with these things right here. Don't judge me. We live our if I can't afford it. Can I afford ten dollars a month? Can I afford the paint? We don't buy vehicles. We don't buy, uh, per- we don't buy things, uh, uh, you know, based on can I afford it? We buy things based on monthly payment. And so you're getting t- taken by buying things at a higher price just because you can afford the $20 a month payment. There was a moment in our lives, my wife and I, when we started off, you could have blindfolded us, put us in the center of the mall, Vintage Fair Mall in Modesto, blindfolded us, spun us around, take off the blindfold, and whatever store we were facing, we had credit at. It's not good. Because at all those places, we also had a balance. And the problem was, is that we, I I bought, I'd come home and, you know, with with something, she's like, what do you, when we first got married, I was working four jobs and her one job was making more than my four jobs. And so I I was working hard and I was still not bringing home the money and I came home after buying a brand new Hi-Fi VCR, forehead VCR, remember those? (laughs) Hi-Fi, forehead, it was going to be more detailed. And she was like, w- w- "What are you doing? What, what, where, where'd you get this?" It was, "Don't worry about it. It was only, it was only about 300 bucks. You, 300 bucks. We don't have, "Hey, babe, I got it for 10 dollars a month." Didn't realize we were going to be paying for that VCR until my kids got out of college. <laughs> and we didn't have kids at the time. So what am I telling you? We, we have an issue in America not based on lack of money, but lack of self-control. And when we take a look at where we're at today in our lives, uh, I need you to understand, how many of you in here feel rich? How many in here are rich? Do you realize that every one of you in this place is rich. You are richer than 93% of the world. 93% of the world. Why? Because you're, tonight, you're going to have a roof over your head. Tonight, you have running water. Tonight, you're not going to go to bed hungry. You, you tonight, because of the very fact that you have a roof over, you have a, you, you even, some of you are so rich, you have a, a place, you have a house for your car. Called a garage. You'll get that when you get home, right? You 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 have this box that you're able to put food in for tomorrow to keep it cold. So some of you could actually stop working for a couple weeks, and your company will still pay you while you relax. You're rich. But the problem is this, is that we don't feel feeling rich and being rich are two different things. Why? Because of margin. And if you have no margin, you don't feel rich. Uh, The times that I've made the most money aren't the times I felt the most rich. It's when I had the most margin that I felt richer. When, When I had cushion, when there was money coming in, but I wasn't spending it all. And and since 2008, when we moved to San Jose, we made a conscious decision. We're going to we're going to focus in on getting getting a house because as ministers, we don't have retirement. Typical uh, 401ks and things like that. So my retirement becomes the house. Whatever house we buy here in the Bay, uh, that's going to be our retirement. When we sell that, that's how we're retiring. And so we're spending all our money on the house, putting everything. I always tell people we are house rich, but cash poor. But we've made a choice to do that. We've driven one car since 2008. One vehicle that that last year, finally, we, we put so much money into it. We finally said, now I think it's time to get another vehicle. But I want you to see something. There's a difference between being rich and feeling rich. And that, that difference is called behavior. Everyone say behavior. behavior. All right? Now, gentlemen, when you have something, just uh, you know, just, just jump right in, okay?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to say... I um,
1: said just jump right in, but not right now. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready.
0: You know, we, we, we live in a nation with the largest economy in the world, but yet we have the most debt in the history of the world, not just in the, the history of the United States, in the history of the world, but yet we, we live in a nation with the largest economy. So we don't have money problems in this nation. We have management problems there you go. in this nation. And one of the things about money, money's cool. Well, I like money. How many like money? Y'all like money? I like money. money. Money's cool, but money doesn't come with instructions. So you, you have to learn, and this is why it's important for you to be here every week, because you, you have to learn how to handle money. When I was 19 years old, I didn't know how to handle money. So I got a, a, a credit card, and it was just like free money to me. I remember I took out all my friends to eat. I said, get whatever you want. Get what, <laughs> just get whatever. Can I get this? Get whatever you want. I mean, we, we splurged. I think we went to Denny's because that's all th- that was there at Manteca. They didn't have very good stuff. We just splurged, though. And then I got stuck with that bill. I don't know how many times over and over I paid for that bill because I was paying 15% interest on that card, and I didn't pay off that, that bill when it came in. I'm making payments off of the Denny's bill for, for like a couple years. And then what ended up happening is I ran up the card, so now I got over limit fees, Uh, And then I I was late. So then I got late fees. I got over limit fees and then just the regular interest, all because I did not know how to handle money. I did not know how to handle it because money doesn't come with instructions. We have to learn to manage what we have Mm -hmm. right. now. That's good.
1: That's good. You see, just like Pastor Matt said, information is important, but behavior is the key. We, We all know just like just like getting in shape. That if you want to lose weight, you take in less calories than you're, than you're, you take in less calories and you then uh, you work off more calories than you take in, and if you do that, you'll drop weight. It's the same way with budgeting. If you spend less than you ha- than you have coming in, you're going to end up with more money. But the problem is, it's not the the problem isn't our math. The problem is our behavior. And unless we change our behavior, I don't care what math we give you. We could give you budgets. We could show you how. And I don't know how many couples over the years I've sat with, and I gave them a a plan. I, I sat down, and I was able to prove through their budgeting how they could make things happen. And, and some of you are in this room right here. I showed you how you could do that. I literally sat down with you. We broke it down, and I showed you how it was possible for your, to, to get out of debt, how to make things happen, how to achieve your goals. The problem wasn't the math. The problem was our behavior. Yeah. And until you want to change your behavior, you're ne- the math, it doesn't matter if the math works out. You have to be willing to change your behavior. And so you need a roadmap. If I'm going to tell you to get from here to another city that you've never been to, you either need a roadmap, Google Maps, or something to give you a plan on how to get there. Right now, tonight, we're going to give you a plan. And this plan is based off of uh, some Financial Peace University, something that we've done as a church before. And these are foundations I still use in my personal finances. I know, Pastor Matt, you you use the same principle. I don't know if you do, but, uh, you know. (laughs) But we we still use, these were foundational for us as we started off. And I'm so proud to say that when we did this, uh, when we first moved here to to the city, now, these guys don't, they're, they're not getting rich working at a church. Just get that straight, Okay. Monica's like, oh, you got that right. Because <laughs> I wish I could quit my job. <laughs> Bree's tired from working her job last night from Valentine till two in the morning. But yet, these individuals are sitting here as homeowners right now, and the reason why is we could point back to us going through Financial Peace University and our ability to learn how to manage money, not let money manage us. Instead of being in a situation where we were living check to check, and we still are, but we made choices to put ourselves in a better position. I don't know about you, but tonight, if you want to get out of debt, if you want to commit to living a life out of debt, living free, because God could call some of you to do something great for him, but you wouldn't be able to go because of your debt situation right now. And the old saying is this, is that we're buying things we can't afford. We're buying things we don't need to impress people we don't know uh, for things we can't afford. And so it's not that you need it. It's just that you, you, you get, get it into you that you want it. So let's, let me give you the roadmap. And tonight we're going to go over what we call baby steps. Everyone say baby steps. baby steps. You ever see your children learning to walk? And just because a child doesn't nail it the first time, we don't tell them, oh, you're a loser. What's wrong with you? Come on. Man, you suck. What's wrong with you? Come on, kid. We don't we don't do that to him. What do we do? The the kids standing there and they're they're wobbly and they're all over the place. And you, you got one person standing behind them, someone else standing in front of them, and you're encouraging them. And when he falls down or she falls down, what do you do? Pick him back up again. You don't look at him, oh man, you suck. What's, you're never gonna learn to walk? You don't do that. And so what you do is you pick them back up again and you, you, you encourage them. You, lay, you, you, you try to get them to take another step. You're trying to help build their confidence. And, and then before you know it, now they've gone from, from crawling to walking to running and now you can't slow them down. But I want you to understand budgeting and finances are the exact same way. Just because you've fallen down doesn't mean you give up. Oh, I suck at dealing with money. I'm terrible at this thing. I'm never going to get out of debt. You just got to stay with it. Got to stay committed to this thing, okay? Everyone say baby steps. baby steps, okay? Let me give you some baby steps here. Number one, these aren't mine. I didn't create these, okay? But these things have literally saved, uh, have saved us and helped us as a family. Number one, put a thousand dollars into a beginners. Everyone say beginners, beginners. emergency fund. Okay, I'm just going to run through all seven of them first of all. Okay, then we're going to break down each one of these one by one. Number two, just read them off as they go up. Okay, number three. Some of you right now are just like, oh, forget it. This thing, this is never going to happen. I I could I could see it on your faces already. (laughs) The thousand dollar one was already kind of pushing it past her. Now, three to six months. Are you crazy? I don't have three to six minutes of money put away. (laughs) Come on. You know, you know, those things are going through your mind. Some of you right now, but I want you to know this is possible. Okay, well, work with me here. Number four. Come on, man. Come on. There you go. So invest. Invest what? 15%. You, you got, I, I tell everyone that is, is looking to invest, especially those of you that are younger. Right now, the first thing you need to do, once once you get these other, the first two or three taken care of, the fourth thing that you got to do immediately is open up a Roth IRA. That Roth IRA is free money that you get that grows tax-free Uh, money that you put into it is taxed before. But once you put it in, whatever it grows to, any other IRA account, any other investment account, any other retirement account, they're going to tax it as it's going in. They're going to tax it when it comes out. But a Roth, the government gives you a certain leeway here for you to be able to put money in that's already been taxed. Whatever it grows to, you get. You, You don't have to You you don't pay on the growth of it. You got to make sure and be careful because there are money managers out there that will steer you away from it because they don't get paid as much to sell you a Roth. So when I deal with any financial manager, I tell them this is what I want. And if you can't sell me this, don't come. If you can't give me what I what I need here, don't come. And that's one of the first things I opened up for these guys right here. That before I gave him a raise, I said, we're going to open up a Roth IRA for you guys. We're going to start this off. Do you guys know where you're at right now? Is that doing pretty good? It's uh, growing? Yeah, but it's, going, it's going through the, yeah. Bit, you want it, you yeah. want it low right now. Yeah. You don't want it exploding right now. Why? Because as long as it stays down, I'm able to buy more shares. Then as I get closer to retirement, I want that puppy to go up. Okay? We'll, we'll, we'll deal with that in a minute. Okay? Number five. Begin a college fund for your kids. If you ain't got kids, you jump to number six. All right. <laughs> Pay your home off early, which tells me I'm not renting any longer. Do you hear that? That tells me I'm not renting any longer. You can't take if they can. You can't take dominion in a place where you can get kicked out. And when I own land, that land's mine. I can can take dominion in that place. And so I want some of you to start dreaming, well, pastor, we live in the bay. I know where we live. But I also know that if you plan properly, all things are possible, okay? I want you to start believing. I want you to start trusting. I want you to start getting to the point where you're trusting God that a piece of this ground, every promise God ever gave always included ground. From the very beginning, always included piece of ground, always included property, all right? Take off, and then last, number seven, build wealth and give. Say number seven with me, build wealth and give. Now, let's take a look at step one, all right? Everyone still with me? Okay. $1,000 $1, emergency fund. This one here, do fast, as fast as you can do. Whatever you do, that means work extra hours, hold a yard sale, sell strawberries, do whatever you have to do, sell cookies, whatever you have to do get you know uh, find find a way of working overtime at work whatever you do get to the point where you're able to even picking up a second job for a moment get that $1000 into a, just a regular savings account this is you're not looking for interest off of this this is money you have access to why because whenever something goes wrong and we have a car breakdown the washing machine goes out we have a, a situation come up whenever something goes wrong in our lives whenever something Something goes bad. The first thing we do, it sends panic through us. Right? right. Car breaks down or something. We're freaked out. If you have that thousand dollars saved, then you're already ready for whatever tragedy comes up your way. Right. You're prepared for it, and that's what this money's for: emergency fund, not to buy a couch, <laughs> not to get a flat screen TV. It's an emergency. The Super Bowl's coming up. I need a bigger TV. <laughs> It's not an emergency, okay? So when we talk about step one, the, the, this fund right here is so important because we have to change. That This brings peace to your life, and it helps you change your view towards money.
2: You know, I think a uh, $1,000 for a lot of us is like a lot of money, right? But if we would sit down and evaluate our life and our lifestyle, I'm pretty sure we could find at least... $500 that you spend on a monthly basis, whether it's going out to eat. Um, look at your cell phone bill. You've got to have the data plan and all this stuff and you know cable bills. If you would just learn to trim down those things, I guarantee that you could probably find, if not the $1,000, pretty close to that $1,000 pretty easy. And I know when we have our emergency fund, it, it brings such a peace of mind because you know that you have this cushion that if something goes wrong, I don't have to scramble because it's not if something goes wrong, something's going to go wrong. Something's going to take place. It's it's life. Things are going to happen. And when you have this fund going on and you continue to feed it, but starting with $1,000, there's this peace of mind that you could go to sleep at night that if something takes place, you could fall back on this. But if we just evaluate our life, how much you eat, where you go out to eat, coffee, whatever it might be, all the extra little snacks, if you would sit down and really chart that stuff out, I guarantee we spend a whole lot more than we would think.
1: It's a good point, Matt. Just just the coffee that I, I you know when I do my five shot, six shot at uh, Starbucks, that's like a twenty dollar drink sometimes. I'm like, what? Thank God for Thank God for for the quads. I mean, if it wasn't for Lydia, I'd really be in trouble. We
0: have uh, you know tax time coming up, and if you don't. Owe money. Hopefully you don't owe money this year. But if you get a refund back, that could that could be toward your emergency fund. Yeah. And some people, they'll get that refund, and they're thinking, what, what can I buy? You know, where, great where great are we going to go on vacation? You can't think like that. If you want to get ahead, you, you can't think. That could be that could be your emergency fund right there or, or at That's least the great beginning point. of it. Um, just one more thing. When, when Monica and I were first married, both of our cars – uh, broke down in, in less than 24 hours. I said less than 15 hours, both of them, major repairs. Oh, wow. One, we were we were going to go out somewhere at, at 9 o'clock at night. One car broke down. We had to walk home. And then uh, the next morning, Monica was driving to work in, in my car, and that car broke down. We had the same tow truck tr- driver that towed the first car. <laughs> He, he came in and picked up the second car. He's like, man, you're having a bad day, you know. <laughs> and I'm telling you, we were in a desperate situation because we didn't have the money for these repairs. When you are desperate for money, you make bad choices. See, so you're, you're either going to get yourself in debt, you're going to take up a job that that you're not supposed to take, up. you can't be at church anymore, whatever. But what happened is we had to, um, we, we ended up getting another car, but we had to... Cash out Monica's 401k, and we, we took 40% penalty on that. Uh, we we got another car, and instead of reinvesting the money, because we didn't use all the money for a car, we put a little bit down. We used that money for other stuff. You know, we went and bought clothes. We went and just just it just was stupid. You know, looking back, it was just stupid. But when you're desperate for money, you make stupid choices, and when you don't know how how to handle money. You make stupid choices. The emergency fund may seem like a lot, but it's going to help you to safeguard against stupid choices. Mm. So, so pay the price now, save, so you don't pay the price later and make
1: dumb choices. You know, w- one of the worst things we do with money is spend it. You got to change your view of money. Some of you are like my kids. The moment they get money in their pocket, they have to spend it. You don't spend money. You invest it. Do with money what rich people do. If you want to be rich, then you want to do what rich people do. And we as Christians have to change our mindset towards money because somehow we think being poor is being religious or spiritual. But if you're rich, all of a sudden, then you know what? You're evil. But King David, that brother was rich. Solomon was rich. Abraham was. Isaac was. The Bible said he became wealthy, very wealthy, then extremely wealthy. I mean, that's. That brother was he was he knew how to how to multiply things. And so. We have this idea that, no, money's bad. Money's amoral. Money's not good or bad. Money's not right or wrong. It's what you do with it that determines the value of what money is. And and, uh, Timothy, 1 Timothy 6.10 says this.
2: For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows.
1: And what's the trip is this, is that we, we have people that misquote this all the time. For the love for, for money is the root of all evil. Money is the root of all evil. Money's not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And so it's the love. When you put love for money above your love for God, now you have an issue. But money is valuable. Money we need in order. We need money for ministry. We need money to live. We need money in order to exist. And God says, I shall supply all your needs according to my glorious riches in heaven. I want you to understand something, that it's the love of money. And so why do we save? These three reasons why we save. Number one, we need an emergency emergency fund number two to buy something you're saving up to buy something and if you're going to buy something buy it cash do not use credit you go in with the credit card if you have to use a credit card to buy something you can't afford it you haven't earned it yet and you literally got to understand this credit cards are a form of witchcraft This messed up half of you right now. (laughs) Carrying Satan in your wallets right now. Because what you're saying is this, is I don't have the money now, but I'll have it in the future. I'm foretelling the future. And and it puts so many people in jeopardy because of those credit cards. There are many of you right now, I guarantee you, most of you in here have at least $5,000 worth of credit card debt. So if I were to give you five grand right now, bless you with five. Some of you are like, I wish I had $5,000 credit card. I got 15 or more than that. If I were to give you $5,000, we were so messed up as we were growing in our marriage that whenever someone blessed us, that blessing went in the hole. We didn't enjoy the blessing. It went into the hole we dug. So if someone gave me $1,000, I owed two. So the credit card company got that 1000 I didn't even get to experience it. Stop mortgaging your future blessings. Can't even enjoy the blessings of God because you're so much in debt. We're going to help you get out of that. Number three, you save in order to build wealth. Now, saving must be a priority. Everyone say that with me. Saving must be a priority. Now, you pay, the government doesn't trust you. Say it again, pastor. The government doesn't trust you. That's why that dude FICA takes out money before you even get your check. I remember my daughter got her first job and she she was all excited with her first paycheck. After she got it, she called up literally crying, who's this FICA dude? Some dude named FICA took money out of my paycheck. I said, babe, that's, that's taxes. She goes, what are, what are they, what are, why are they taking money out of my check? It's because that it's taxes. and that She didn't understand the principle. The roads that you have, the, the, the security, the, the police officer, that, that all is a... She's like, but that's a lot of money. The government doesn't trust you to pay them, so they take it out at the top. You got to start learning to pay yourself. You pay everyone else, but you don't pay yourself. You work so hard, but you never pay yourself. That's why savings has to become a priority. You need to get it into your mind. Stop spending money and start saving money. Okay, an emergency fund is for just for that. It's for emergencies now. But you have to determine what an, what constitutes an emergency. If you're married, you need to discuss this. What's an emergency? Okay, you got you gotta you, you gotta come to that agreement of what what constitutes an emergency now. Uh, any anything else before we move on to step two? Because we got to close. We're actually getting getting a little long here. Number two, this is the first thing. What's step one? Your emergency, fund $1 emergency fund. If you're single, then five hundred dollars is a good goal to start with. Get get at least five hundred into your emergency fund. But you need to get that emergency first and foremost. Secondly. The next thing we're going to do is we're going to pay off all debt with what they call a debt snowball, okay? And this helped me and my wife. This is what got us out of debt. If it wasn't for this principle right here, we would still be in debt today. But we're we're debt-free as far as credit card bills and everything. Every single credit card I carry, every one of these credit cards in here, I pay off on on a monthly basis. If I do not pay off the balance on a monthly basis, I cut it. I will not use it. The moment I start carrying a balance, the card gets cut and we will not use it anymore. We'll shut the account down because credit cards were meant to be charge cards, not balance cards. What you used to do in the old days is you would go to a store and you would put it on my account and they would put it on your account. And then at the end of the month, you'd go and you'd settle up but it was never to build a balance that you paid over uh, over time. Listen, never pay a, with a credit card something that is perishable. If it doesn't last, it doesn't go on a card. Let's go on. Some of you are just staring at me. Let's. Have, this isn't spiritual, Pastor Dan. Let's get back to reboot. Let's reboot, repent, restore, (laughs) yell at me, correct me. (laughs) The principle takes time and commitment. So this is not a quick fix. And so there's nothing better than not owing on credit cards. I don't know about you, but have you ever felt, had that feeling when you paid off a card? All of a sudden you're free and all of a sudden it's like, (sighs) why? Because Proverbs 22, seven says this,
2: Just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender.
1: So as as long as you're in debt, you're going to be a slave to the the creditors, slave to your job. Some of you couldn't quit your job right now that you hate because you owe money. So you're just depressed. (laughs) Dang, girl, we just called it out. huh? You can't change, you can't move because you know you got to pay bills. And so you're stuck, and you're not living a life that you want to live because you're stuck in debt. But I want you to see this. Take a look at this. this next slide here, okay? This is this is the debt snowball in in kind of a pyramid form. What you need to do when we talk about your debt snowball, uh, how many how many have maybe three or four uh, debts that you have? Uh, student loan, auto payment, uh, credit card. Dang, you got both hands and feet up in the air, don't you, Mia? <laughs> Okay. This is the way. Let me let me give you a very brief synopsis of what what a debt snowball looks like. Go ahead and go to the next next slide here. Okay. This is what we're talking about. Let's say you have five hundred and forty dollars a month that's going out to your minimum credit card payments or your your payments. You want to break this down according to different slots. Okay. What card I owe the least on, and then begin to break it down from there. Okay. So what I do is I take this first card, and what, what I'm going to do is double up or triple the payments on that first card. Now, I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to do what I need to do to get this first card paid off. Why? Because you need a victory under your belt. You need, you need something to sell. And do not go out and celebrate by charging something. <laughs> paid off the card, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go get some new shoes. Don't don't control yourself. Control Okay, so we got one hundred and ten dollars going on that card on a monthly basis. Now, it's going to take time, but we had a Macy's card. That was our young, our, our smallest card. But if we we showed up late, if we paid late and my wife did the books for us early on, she worked at a bank. But the problem was this, is that I would go to the bank. I figured by the time I started making more money, I'd go to the bank. If there was money in the account, I'd take it out and I'd go do something with the guys at the office then I come home and find out that we didn't pay a bill why is this bill late and I'd have I have maybe a $80 Macy's card and I just get a $25 late fee I only owe 80 bucks and you're charging me $25 late fee then I come to her why did you do that and she was so sweet she never said it's because you there's no money you keep going to the ATM and taking money out. I'm like, I'm working hard here. Why, why aren't we paying things off? And finally she told me, because you keep taking money out of the ATM. So I took the, I took the books back. We were bouncing checks, and it wasn't her fault. It was because I was spending, and I wasn't keeping track. I just went to the ATM, and if it said balance, whoop, and they were going to charge me money to take it out, so I took out the max. So my fee was smaller. I was smart. <laughs> so after we paid off that first card, we took that money from the first card and we rolled that payment over to the next credit card. And now we have, instead of making that minimum payment, now we're making a larger payment. Now, now it, it's, you got to stick to it. But as you stick to it, before you know it, maybe seven months down the road, you've paid off the second card. Now 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 that that snowball was this big, now it's about this big now. And now you're gaining momentum. And when you pay off that second card, you start you start feeling good, you start feeling free. Now you start focusing on that, that car payment or that uh, furniture that we got at Levitt's. They don't even have Levitt's anymore, but Levitt's was the, every every time we needed something, it was Levitt's. And so we come here and we add that, where before we were paying $50 a, a month on it, now we're able to drop $230 a month on it, and now that balance is dropping like crazy. And before you know it, now we got that one paid off. Now we drop that over here, and instead of $75 a month, we're at the you get the idea. You just keep on rolling it over from one payment to the next. And at the end, before you know it, you got this, this chunk. You're not saying, I'm saving money. What you're doing is you're taking that full amount of money and dumping it on these cards so you can get out of debt. It's the goal. It's get out of debt. You got to sit down and take a look at your, at what, what are your balances? What do you owe? And you got to be wise about where you're at on this thing. Amen? You guys got something before I? Sure. OK, let me turn my. Uh. So let me get back over here. Pay off smaller debts first, then roll that payment toward the next lowest debt. So question number one, Randy, if you could help help us tonight. Question number one is this. Where am I? Pastor, I'm sitting in church right now. No, no. Where are you at in your finances right now? You have to ask yourself that question, where am I at? Where are you at currently financially? You, before I can tell you how to get to where you're going, i got to find out where you're at. you got to be honest with where you're at. And if you have nothing, be honest. i got nothing. If you, where are your debts at? Where are you at currently, okay? And the second question you got to ask is this, is how did I get here? What behaviors brought me to this point? And based on those behaviors, if I change those behaviors, can I get out of where I'm at to get to where I'm going? Tonight, I want you to see that in Luke chapter 16, verse 11, says this. And if you
2: are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of
1: heaven? I want to prophesy. I want to I want anointing. I want to do this. I want to do that. But if you can't deal with money which is asphalt in heaven How are you going to operate in what's truly the riches of God Money's just a test Can you manage what I gave you And so, some are praying, God, I want more money, I want more, I want a better job, but you keep blowing it with what's in your pocket right now I always tell master's commission, you guys blow me away. You get 20 bucks and then you guys go, i go out to eat. You just spent all your net worth. If all you have is 20 bucks and you go out to, to Burger King and you spend $15 or even buy food while I'm, I'm, I'm helping my brothers, I'm, I'm sharing with them. Well, yeah, you're sharing, but you just spent all your net worth. You're broke now. It's not wise. It's not wisdom. Praying for our finances isn't going to change a thing until we change our thinking towards our money. That's why Jesus said, repent. I'm going to ask you all to stand tonight. It's a little warm in here. As we stand tonight, I I want us us to repent. Remember, repenting, rebooting, is to change our mind, to change our thinking towards something. And it's time for us to start changing our mind toward this right here. I want you and your families to be free. There is nothing more spiritual than your wallet. Because if the enemy can keep you in bondage regarding your money, he could keep you from trusting God in other areas as well. That's why I want to unlock some things in you today. Why is it? It's kind of selfish because I want you to be blessed. Because the more you're blessed, the more you give. And the more you give, the more we can do. Whether it's the women's home, the men's home, the, the things that God's placed on our hearts to do, we, can, we, can, we don't have to wait to find a home. We could just go and buy one. We would never have to do a fundraiser. I wouldn't have to be setting up and we wouldn't have to be setting up and breaking down at a high school because we could go and buy a building and have our own services. But we can't do that right now because what we can afford is too small and what we need is too expensive. So I need you to get blessed. I need you to get blessed. I need you to be blessed so you can be a blessing to others so that you see someone that's in need. You don't have to just say, I'll pray for you you could meet that need right there. This is vital. This is important. Being broke isn't spiritual. Every individual I see in the Bible that that had a relationship with God, these guys had means. You need to be blessed. If we're going to have influence in this world, you need to be blessed, but you got to change your mind towards money. Stop allowing money to hold you in bondage. And start recognizing that you were created to be blessed. Come on, just lift your hands right where you are with me now. Father, we're ready. We're telling you, God, that we can handle the blessing. We're saying tonight, God, that we change our mind towards money. We're saying this evening, God, that we're... we're God, you can trust us. You could trust us by blessing us. You could trust us with more. And Lord'll we'll show you that right now, my God, as we make a choice today to break this curse called money in our lives. We're going to put money in its proper place. We're God, we're, we God, we recognize that money, my God, isn't right or wrong. it's just money. But if we learn how to use it, learn how to operate with it, learn, my God, how to control it and not let it control us, then there's freedom. Lord, we want to be a blessing to the world around us, not a liability. God, I want to be able to bless people instead of always looking for a handout. So, right now, God, you see every hand lifted up. Come on, just tell the Lord, Lord, right now, change my mind towards money. Lord, save my wallet tonight. Let me trust you with my money. Lord, let me begin to look at money as a tool. Let me see money as a tool to accomplish the kingdom. Lord, I pray right now, God, that I would start looking at every dollar that comes my way and that I would manage it correctly. That I would stop spending it unwisely, God, wasting it on alcohol, wasting it on drugs, wasting it, God, on things that I don't need to impress people I don't like for things I can't afford. Lord, right now, God, I pray tonight, God, that we would just get something straight. And we, we make a commitment tonight to live debt-free. Come on, just make that commitment. God, I want to live debt-free. If I, if I haven't earned it, I don't want it. If I haven't earned it yet, if I don't have the money for it yet, then I, 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 I don't need it right now. Lord, I pray right now, God, that you would help me, empower me, God, to make better choices and first thing to start this emergency fund. Lord, help me make whatever choices, whatever things necessary to get that emergency fund going. And then secondly, to focus in on paying off my debt. Well, it might take years. I know this is going to be a process, but God, I'm making a commitment to get debt free. I'm making a commitment right now, no revolving credit. I want to get out of the credit card business now. Lord, I want to stop putting money in the pockets of the credit card companies and start putting money in my pocket so that I could be a blessing. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on.
0: Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.